everybody, welcome to Live Chats with Levi and Nadia. It is making a comeback and we're excited about it. Lazarus Chats. Lazarus Chats. Resurrected Life Chats. It is great to have you here and we are hoping that these podcasts are going to provide some good stuff. Add value to your life. Amen. That's the goal. So here we go. Welcome everybody. Including me. And welcome, yeah, welcome to you, of course. Thank you. Great to have you here. How are you? I'm really good. This is exciting. I've been waiting to revive yeah, life chats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should call it Lazarus. <laughs> Lazarus Life Chats. Yes. With Levi and Nadia. Because it's it's been dead. It has been we've really still, We've dead. been talking. We still talk. We have been talking, but we just didn't record them. Yeah. But we are now. This is great. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. It is. So good to have everybody here with us. Welcome back to Lazarus Returns Life Chats. Yeah. With Levi Nardi. Roll away the stone, Levi Nardi. <laughs> Take off the grave clothes. Yes. Um, how are you today? I'm good. Um, we were thinking that uh, we would start everybody off today. Start this... Um, what is it? The comeback of the podcast. Yeah. Actually, just with something that has happened recently so that we actually still remember the goodness of it. Oh, yeah. Um, but that was this weekend with Ryder and really mm. just some thoughts around parenting. Yeah, cool. It's exciting. Yeah, it is really exciting. We have four kids. Yeah. Ryder. Yeah. 13. 13, yeah. Mika. Yeah. 11. Hugo. Six. <laughs> yeah. And Nick is four. Jovi's also oh, Jovi's four. four. <laughs> we, I thought we had two Mikas. Jovi's four. Jovi's four. Um, and we love being parents. Yeah, we love it, yeah. And so last Saturday, we, um, I, I brought together a, a group of men, six other men, mm-hmm. and we went together out to a friend's house on the Ottawa River, yeah. uh, which is currently frozen over. And had a like basically like a men's night. Yeah. And the purpose of that night was to gather a community of men around Ryder at the age of thirteen to welcome him formally onto the journey of manhood. Seriously cool. Which is a five year journey that he'll that will culminate when he's eighteen. Yeah, and I guess um that it didn't kind of just happen, like it's been a long journey for us. Yeah. Um what has your I guess, I guess for you personally, like obviously you've been really passionate about this. You read the book Intentional Father, mm-hmm. uh, but it goes, I guess the journey goes really deep for you of wanting to make sure that our children have got, you know, a very active dad, mm-hmm. um, a dad in their lives, and then for our boys to, I don't know, have that really special relationship. Um, do you feel as though what you're kind of attempting to do with our kids? has been as a result of any of your upbringing or anything like that? It's like, uh, as I've been posting about it, I've been referencing John Tyson's book, The Intentional Father, and the reason why I love the book so much was because it put some really practical and quite, um, what, and intentional, like, um, parameters or decision-making or, like, um, sort of overall themes to this period of life. Cool. But I think you're right. It's this really. Th- when I think about the chapters of fathering, there's three chapters. There's like before I had kids. Yeah. 
what kind of dad I wanted to be, what my upbringing was like, key men in my life who helped shape who I am, meeting you, then us being excited about having kids. Yeah. Then having kids. Yeah. So then 13, the last 13 years. Yeah. And then since reading the book, which was the summer of 2021. Yeah. It's probably six months ago. Yeah. So I think you and I have always wanted to have a strong family unit. Yeah. We want to have strong and healthy kids mm-hmm. who love each other, love their family, love the Lord, and are contributing members to society. Mm. Um, but then I think when I finished the book, it was like, okay, you know, a few things, you know, a few things jumped out instantly. Um, we've only got five more summers with Ryder before he leaves home. That's crazy. That's actually crazy. Okay, Google, stop. Hopefully that will make it easier for people to hear us. Mm. Um, five more summers. Yeah, five summers. We've got, Man. you know, next year he'll be um, uh, grade nine. It's one of those things where you say a lot of the time it goes, it goes by so fast. But it actually does go by so fast. Yeah, next year he's grade nine, which means that he's got four years of high school. Yeah. And then, then what? I mean, he could leave home, could might go to a university in a different place, mm. whatever. Who knows what's going to happen um, with his life? Who knows what he wants to do or what he's passionate about? And we're excited about that journey. But that's five Christmases. Man. You know, that's that's like five Thanksgivings, five Easter's, like there's five birthdays. So I read the book. Yeah. And I think it just gave an, a sense of urgency. And really, like, um, work, you know, awoke, in the, awoke the passion that was already there. Mm. You and me want to be great parents. We really, we know that that first 18 years is so crucial. And we want to be friends with our kids for the rest of our lives, for the rest of the years. But that time that they have with us is so important. So then the book created some urgency, got that passion and channeled it. Mm. So we, I mean, yeah, I implemented stuff immediately and then began planning for last Saturday um, you know, for the last three or four months. I think that's one of the things I love about you the most is when you get an idea in your head or something like really hits you. Like I just remember you just devoured that book and then it was like, hey babe, we need to discuss this. Like we need to talk about it. We need to make it happen. <laughs> this is my idea. And, but then the, the really cool thing was that, you know, because the book is pretty specific about how to do it. But then what I really loved is that we then, I guess, went on a journey together around figuring out how could this kind of idea best serve our family. Mm-hmm. And so really together develop something that we felt yeah really good about um, and that we felt was going to bless him, but bless us as a family as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, the first thing that I would just highly recommend about the book is the heart of the spirit of the book. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And the spirit of the book is... Um, Raise great sons and be intentional. Yeah, yeah. and and uh, he, you know, he's just got some great content in there. And then um, a big part of the book is like some of the Barna research, um, which is really really helpful. I'm not that way inclined as a reader to like a book with graphs and surveys and stuff. Yeah, I'm more like give me the heart and then let me interpret it. So to have the tension of that book was really great. Yeah, and it was personal testimony of John and his son. Um, so then you're able to go, okay, cool. What did they do? Oh, what would I implement? One of the things that uh, John Tyson talks about in the book is, uh, don't be. Re- he's like, don't be reasonable. Mm. Don't be reasonable. Fight the desire to want to just do normal, regular things. That's cool. Without I love doing that. outrageous, mm-hmm. memorable, exciting things. You only have a short window. Use it. 
So Man, then, that's powerful. Eh? Yeah, isn't that powerful? So then that that the was I guess the base to put the thought into last Saturday night but the first thing that we implemented so I'm reading the book and then he's like I just spent every morning in a devotional time with my son for five years you know and he's (laughs) like when I wasn't there we would FaceTime and all that kind of stuff and let's say even if you only spent four days four mornings a week with one of your kids in a devotional time if you spent one day a week with your kids in a devotional time that's a win Wow. so three or four or five or upwards to seven a week is powerful so we implemented that Pretty much the moment I closed the book, I leaned over to writer. I said, hey, we're going to change our mornings. Let's you and me sit together. We'll spend time together, not necessarily doing anything, but yeah. we'll be sitting, reading our Bibles, yeah, just soaking up one another's presence. Yeah. And we try and light a candle. We try and have like a seat available for the Holy Spirit. Wow. Jeez, uh, I didn't know that you lit a candle. Yeah, light a candle. <laughs> You've got great candles. They smell so nice. <laughs> Sets up the morning really well. <laughs> oh, totally. And then I do my devotions. That's awesome. He's reading a book. We'll transition him from reading the current book that he's reading to reading different books yeah. or engage in, in devotions as I feel like he's growing and maturing. But that means that we get Monday to Friday, Yeah. every single day, at 6.30 in the morning, him and I are spending the, the morning together. And I'm assuming those mornings aren't necessarily looking like you and him having these epic, deep and meaningful chats. It's, well, you could, you could you know, tell me otherwise, but really it, it is it more about that routine? It's about that spending time together no matter what it looks like. Because I feel like some people might have this expectation where, okay, cool, dad and son sitting together, spending every morning together, mm. word of God open, you know, that might be... Yeah. holy oil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you and I have been married for 16 years, uh, which means we've been going on dates for 20 years. Crazy. So that's... Um, 50, Best 20 years of my life. Amen. 52 date nights a year <laughs> for 20 years. That's a thousand date nights. Yeah. If you look back at those nights, you know, what would you say we do on any given night? Well, they vary. Have we? You look back, and there have been specific memories for sure. Is there a pattern? No, but the structure's there. Yes. That we have one every Tuesday night. Yeah. But this better allows for spontaneity. Yeah. So then I'll just implement cool. that same strategy with the mornings. <laughs> yeah. It's like if we just have a structure. Uh huh. The goal of a date night is a relationship that I connect with you, you with me, that we grow together. Yeah. The goal with writers is the same thing. The goal for that morning is not that I teach him anything, purposefully. Yeah through literature or theology but that I teach him how to follow Jesus by watching me do it yeah cool so then we might he might ask me questions he's crushing this John Eldridge book at the moment which is called Fathered by God yeah it's about God being our father and journeying with us through life and he loves it he's loving it amazing I've got to put him his next book Max Licato he chose the nails which is one of my favorite books in like my you know teenage and teenage years and 20s so yeah, it's 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 structure, it's routine, it's an opportunity for us to grow together. Yeah. And him to watch me as I dig into God. Amazing. And it's such a cool um I mean, we're obviously implementing all of this <laughs> the royal way. Yeah, like for sure. <laughs> nah, claim it. Like you, you have to. Yeah. It's it's us, you and me were as a team. <laughs> we're we're obviously um, you know, it's Ryder who's studying this yeah. journey. Yeah. But we want to implement something for each child. Well, that was one of the things when we when I finished the book, yeah, and shared it with you. Like I'm in tears, right? Yes. You know, I was in tears after the first page, and I'm just like, man, this is just a now word for our family. Yeah. Then there were two things that you and I talked about. Number one was the severing meal. Yeah. 
and number two was what we would do for the girls. Yeah. So the book is a, an, a book about f- men fathering sons. Yes. So then now that creates conversations around what about single mums and what about traditional, um, you know, um, male, you know, um, like role modelling and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then we're able to walk through that stuff together and that's that's cool. And that was reasonably straightforward for our family. Yeah, it was a good discussion. Great discussion. There, were, there were some things that I was like, oh, I loved the book and I loved the heart, like what you're saying, the heart behind the book. And then there were some things where I was like, I feel like for our family, we could maybe approach it this way. Yeah. Versus just being like, you know, no, I don't want to do that. It was more like, okay, cool. I love I love this whole thing. Yeah. Now let's actually have a really good conversation. I think that's what it um, stirred, you know, in us for our family was an intentionality, which, I mean, intentionality seems to be coming through a lot uh, just in our general lives at the moment, Mm. um, especially in church and family, but uh, an intentionality with the kids of, like I'm thoughtful of when we had Helen Burns over at our house and she's like, you know, she said that, our kids were the four most important disciples that we would ever have. Mm. And just recognizing that intentionality. So it was more just like those really great conversations that we were able to have where we're just going, okay, how are we going to intentionally help all of our kids? Well, for sure. Like, you know, and to come back to the book, like it was a book written from the perspective of John and his eldest son. Mm -hmm. So then... We can, you know, pretty pretty easily move that across the writer because he's our first boy. Yeah, right? yes, yeah, yeah. But then what we do for Mika? Yeah. You know, what we're going to do for Hugo, what tweaks, yeah. and, and for Joby. And then I think coming back to the severing dinner, the concept was actually, it's based on some indigenous models. Yeah. And some other models um, and cultures where the, the man takes his son and severs the relationship with the boy's mum, basically. Yeah. And says, now we're bringing you into a community of men to make you a man. Yeah. Hunter-gatherer the roles of a man, all those kind of things. Yep. To sharpen your masculinity, etc. So then for you and me, well, it was huge like, in like Aboriginal cultures, indigenous cultures, like that's actually a huge part that, you know, in the in the special side of it, I think for both of us, we would say has been lost a little bit. For sure. Yeah. So then straight away, we're like, okay, what does John mean by severance? Yep. Strong word. Yes. And then we reread <laughs> the chapter about that and yeah. what he meant, what they did. Yeah. But really that term is quite historical. Yeah. So then the whole concept is like, okay, cool. Well, then it's like you sitting down with Ryder to say, hey, dad's going to run point for the next five years. Yes. So then we started to develop our own language and it was like about saying for this period of your life, the 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 reins mm. will swing towards dad driving the journey for this next five years. Yes. But what we didn't feel comfortable with was a sense of like, you know, you are not no longer involved. Ryder can't look to you <laughs> yeah, because your right. relationship yeah, yeah. with him is so important. Yes. So it's like, son, we're, we're doing this together. Well, we're, it was catering it towards team. our family, really, eh? Yeah, we're the way ta- that we, we roll. We, we run it together. Um, but, but I think it was important to me, and I think it's good to share it on the podcast, but it was important to me that this kind of idea of I'm stepping into the journey of manhood, celebrating, like the celebration of manhood, you know, like I'll I'll never forget the conversation I had with my dad only, I don't know, two years after meeting him or something. And he was talking about all the different things that he did in his lifetime. And one of the things that he was trained in doing was as a, uh, as a teacher. And, and he went on to say, it was so sad how there weren't that many, 
um, male teachers, like especially in primary school mm. or with younger children. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then he went on to kind of, I guess, share his sadness around how men, you know, there's just, there have been so many things throughout history that haven't quite gone well. Yeah. And as a result of that, there's almost this like, okay, we've got to not really celebrate men. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the right language for it, but you know what I mean. Where totally. it's that that sense of like, if you're a man, potentially you've done something wrong <laughs> because mm. you're a man, mm. you know. Mm. And so I think for me, being a mother of two boys, who I absolutely want, I love being married to a man. Mm. My, you know, my brothers are like the most special people to me. My, mm. I love my dad. Totally. I want men to be celebrated, totally. you know, and yeah. and all of these men are wonderful men. Yeah. And so just for me, it was important. It, it was that recognition of like, man, yeah, we actually need to tell Ryder that in this day and age, it's so awesome that he's a man. Totally. Someone looked at the title of this podcast and started listening to the first three minutes, rolled their eyes and thought, here we go again. Another conservative <laughs> Christian couple raising a macho man in standard traditional gender roles. <laughs> yes. Whatever. And, hey, man, there's a part of that person's perspective that might be accurate. Yeah. But I think what you and I are trying to do is raise a good man. 100%. You know, that's like, that's that's the driver to raise a good man, a godly man. And, yeah. and, and in that breaking down the nuances of that definition... Yes. I couldn't. I I could not care less if Ryder is macho, <laughs> yes. but to help redefine masculinity for him. Yeah. You know, so like we taught him how to um, change a tire on a car. Yeah. What a classic and I quote manly job that is. Yes, you get the, a, you get a bunch of people being like, "Why did you have to teach that?" Yeah, and the goal is that <laughs> um, he will have in his life a flat tire. Yes. So number one, I want him to feel confident that he can change it. Yeah. So that's going to instill competency, which yeah. instills confidence. Mm-hmm. There's also going to be those those gender roles of like we assume that a man knows how to. Yeah. So with Ryder, assume away because he does know how to. Yeah. Again, it's going to instill confidence. Yeah. And the goal is that if he sees someone on the side of the road driving on the four hundred one on the way to Toronto one day, yes, who has you know, no matter what gender, background, ethnicity, the socioeconomic position that person is in, he knows oh they probably need to change their tire or their battery. Yeah. I'm skilled in doing this and changed my first tire yeah. when I was 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And to help him see that service is a part of manhood and yes. the skills that you have should serve humanity. Um, and, and, you know, so then we'll, we'll get into the details of what we did that night. But I think it's like helping define that manhood is awesome. Yeah. It's something to be really proud of. And and bringing back chivalry. like, yeah. And that's what his, his name means. Like, Rider, Judah, Mary Church Rider is to be a knight, to be a warrior, like a mounted warrior. Yeah. Uh, chivalrous, you know. Yeah. And I think bringing chivalry back, and even when you touched on um, the gender role, like for you and I, we we call it. What have we started calling it? Gender gifts. Gender gifts, man. Yeah, like in the <laughs> our, our household. I mean, like you do the washing. I'm looking at I'm, a big pile I, of washing right now, <laughs> thinking to myself, I wash all of that. It's a big pile of clean washing, huge. Because that's your gender gift. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I love it. But even just, you know, recognising, like, man, his manhood is a gift. Yeah, man. You know, and the things that he is going to be good at and the fact that he'll be able to change attire, we look at that as a gift. It's a it's a gift towards anyone who's going to know him, you yeah, know. And, yeah. and uh, the fact that he is a man 
is a gift. And so I, I just think it was really important to me that he started on that journey. But I've, I've loved the fact that we got to shape it for our family. Yeah. So then um, on the night, obviously, we've, we've kind of talked about the lead up into it. Um, we kind of touched a little bit on, you know, your upbringing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to add to that. Mm. Feel free to add to that if yeah, you want yeah, to. Yeah, totally. You, you want to? You t- you clearly want me to. Well, I just think it could be helpful. It's like a um, you know, it's like a loaded question. Hey, <laughs> so if you want to talk do about you want that, to talk? do you want to? Would you like to? <laughs> It'd be great if you did. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I I'm I'm so blessed to have relationship with some really key men in my life. Yeah. That have shaped who I am today. Yeah. Um, your brother is a, is just a prime example, Quentin, who's someone who was has always been instrumental in my identity. Um, but I needed to find other men in the church mm-hmm. uh, and largely in the church as opposed to outside of the church. That's where they all came from because my relationship with my dad has not always been strong. Yeah. Well, I was, it's, it, yeah, I mean, that's a nice way to say it. it's, it's, it's aloof. It's distant. It's, you know, um, it's not really, it's never really been existing in my life his his presence in my life. Since I was a kid, yeah, it's not an active relationship. Yeah, 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 it's a bridge that's not it's a bridge that's not often crossed. Yes. So then, being a man, okay, walking with Jesus, if he's true manhood, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. A lot of my own work, research, trying to figure out what is what does biblical manhood through the lens of Christ look like? Awesome. And then meeting other men and finding, oh man, this is cool. This man's got this great trait of empathy and kindness and strength, and whatever. So then, wanting to provide. Um, a really strong role modeling for Ryder mm. in his life that's really intentional that he can look right over his shoulder and see oh, okay here is and I hope man I pray that he would look and say oh he's a great man he's a good yeah. man he's a godly man my dad yeah. you know to be someone that he can be proud of you know yeah and how like as a as, as a young man who didn't have an active relationship with his dad mm. You mentioned there have been key there have been key people, but what did you, you know, for anyone who's listening who is in the same position as you, getting inspired about being a dad, mm. um, but also being inspired about just um, their own journey of manhood. Mm. Practically, what have you actually done? You mentioned kind of like this guy would be good at this, this guy mm. would be good at that. What have you practically done in order to navigate becoming a, a good man? Mm becoming a, a great dad mm. whilst not necessarily having that as an example in the home mm. oh, um, I think uh, primarily like a, an inherent motivation or passion to want to be that mm. you know so not seeing it but going no I want to be I want to be strong I want to be I want to be um, I want to make a difference be a man of conviction and conscience and consequence in life mm. So then, like, trying to use a biblical lens, going, okay, I believe Jesus is those things. I believe that he's the ultimate version mm-hmm. of manhood. Okay, nuance that, break that down. What does that look like? Yeah. Okay, he gave dignity to every person that he met. Cool. He literally changed people's lives. It was a transformative <laughs> impact. Yeah. He made such a positive uh, impact on the lives that he, you know, came across in the world that he lived in, Um you know, and then you're going through all those things that make him up. Yeah. So then, like, through my life, I'm 38, right? So yeah. since following Jesus since I was 13, 25 years, I'm writing those things down. Cool. Okay, I want to be someone who has a positive, transformative impact on the lives of people. 
Mm-hmm. So then now I'm looking around me to find men that make a positive transformative impact in the lives of people. Yeah. And then how are they doing that? So starting with Jesus, nuance that, break that down, gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then finding inspiration. So then probably like during my life, probably six men provided me with snapshots of all those different characteristics that I wanted okay. to then cre- to create the man that I am today for sure. Who, who were they what, and what was it? Like if you could, if you could just give us a um, snapshot yeah. of kind of like who were these people, but what what was it about them um, for you that that you felt was important? Yeah, um, oh, your brother, my basketball coach, history teacher. Your basketball coach? Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah. And at Rongatai? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Are uh, you? Matt Eagle. That is a f- oh, Matt Eagle. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah, okay. Just it's all a, coming back. <laughs> yeah, just a, um, just 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 a great, just a great guy. Yeah. Always, always available. Doors okay. always open. Cool. I would walk into his room, whether it be the basketball, like his office at the gym. Yeah. Or his 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 classroom. I could sit down for the longest time and talk. And bring up things, questions I had. Um, that's so cool. Honestly, concerns. I wasn't expecting that. Like that's a surprise because you you said Quentin. That's a that's a obvious for me. But then you went straight to your basketball to- coach and your geography teacher. History teacher. History yeah, I'm, teacher. I'm going. Man. I'm going chronological. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So like, um, you know, so I think he was. I think he was massive. You know, you're taking little things too. Like I remember uh, they had a few really great kapahaka teachers. Cool. You know, that just teach you discipline. Yes. Papa you know, Yeah, you know what I mean? Like people <laughs> training you in haka, so you're learning discipline, choreography, yeah. timing. Strength. You know, those are just these little things. My those Lord. are great, you know. But then Matt, um, Quentin, teaching me confidence, critical thinking. Yeah. Um, teaching me like um, sociological empathy or, or just, um, you know, a, a wider ability to read the room. Yeah have a social nuance and uh-huh. you know um and an eq i suppose is probably the, uh, the best way to um, just drill it right down um john our pastor at arise yeah taught me heaps of stuff you know and i think each each man each person who's come across my life dines mcconnell the kid's godfather mm-hmm. teaching me stuff empathy he had three teenage boys when we were closely connected with him at that time like i'm watching him teach like father his sons yes oh, i still i still implement lessons today that i saw him at that time, I'm thinking through church fathers of big families, yeah, um, and watching the dads. Cool. You know, watching fathers of girls. Yeah. He's so many. I think about so many of my friends. Yeah. You know, who have been fathers that I've looked to and been like, oh man, I love the way they. Graham Heslop. Yeah, legend. Nelson, New Zealand. That's a good dad right there. That's a good dad. You know, so watching the way that and his kids are older than ours. Yes. By probably about five years. Yeah, I think so. He's got he's got five kids. So he's got more kids than ours. They're older than ours. Yeah. Love the way he's parented. So I think, yeah, it's picking up on... And then what about even... trusted people, you know? Because, again, you know, so much of what we talk about in our personal life is also reflected in church. And, and we're jumping into this like, idea of peer mentorship. Do you feel like, as a, just as a man, you've learned so much of, uh, from your peers? Has that been an important journey as well? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you've listed like dads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People but, older than me, primarily. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think. I mean, like Graham's a peer. Yeah. You know, um, we, we would be the same age. Yeah. He just started having kids before we did. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think for sure. I, I think that 
um, community and friendship, and we're talking specifically about like the shaping of a man yes. of my personal journey, friendship and um, you know using the phrase there, peer mentoring, uh, accountability is not a perfect phrase, but having people that speak into your life who mm-hmm. are your friends, yeah, is a long lost um, a, a trait and virtue of community, yeah, and of the Christian church, yeah. We don't like it that much anymore. <laughs> yes. You know, we live in a world full of comparison. Yeah. And we live in a world full of um, judgment. And we look to people and it's like, I'm, I'm so protective of what I have. And like, for you to speak into it would actually speak of my ego. And like, oh, I can't have you speak into my life because like, I'm already trying to protect it and make it look as good as possible. Mm. If, you, if you expose my blind spots, that's really unnerving. Yeah. As opposed to, we're going hard together. You're my running partner. Speak into me. What are you thinking? Is there yeah. anything that you can see in my life? I'm inspired by others that are doing great things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a much healthier way to live. And I've certainly tried to be like that um, and failed so many of the times. But I think that that's a value that I've tried to uphold for sure. Awesome. And that segues nicely into the evening that you had with Ryder. Yeah. Because obviously that night was a night where you wanted a tribe of men, like a, you know, a village of mm. men to come around him be a part of his world, encourage him. So what? What? how did that come about? Um, what kind of people did you invite to the night? What did, what did the night look like? Like, give us a bit of a breakdown. I think one of the things about the intentional father was that it helped me realise that despite the fact that I know and I'm confident that together you and I can raise four great, healthy human beings, mm. that it does at the end of the day take a village to raise a child and the most important thing I could do for Ryder in this season is involve other men in his upbringing basically cool a community of men around him to help him and especially I think to help him with my deficiencies yeah there are things that I'm not good at that the other men that we want to surround him with are good at and so he can go to cool hey can I can you help me with this hey I'm stuck hey can you pray for me whatever that they would encourage and edify him and so I think that's the first thing I think that's the first heroic thing that I've done in the last season <laughs> is acknowledge that I'm not a hero and to involve other people will strengthen him. That's it. Oh, man. That's so cool. I think what you just said is just awesome because we. You, it's actually got me thinking now. I'm like, oh, gosh, I am deficient in so many areas. Ooh, I, you know, like that what a great thing to just make clear and then invite others into the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's if cool. You, if you think about, like, let, let me just list all the things we did on the night and it would become clear that I'm not the best at any of these. <laughs> okay, so the first thing we did was play board games. Yeah. Then we um, changed the tyre. Yeah. Then we taught him how to ride a snowmobile. <laughs> we taught him how to... We taught, we taught him a haka. Um, like my tribe's haka, Ngati Toa Kamate, the All Blacks haka. We taught him the haka, um, including lyrics and actions. Mm. We prayed for him, prophesied him over him, mm-hmm. and sung songs of worship and cooked the barbecue. <laughs> so working backwards, yeah, I'm reasonably good at all of those things. Yeah, but I'm not the best at any one of those things. I can't cook the best barbecue, sing the best songs, or play guitar. Um, I don't prophesy the best or pray the best. I don't. Um, no, I'm not the best haka teacher by a long way that anyone will ever come across or the best uh, snowmobile rider, car tyre changer or board game player. 
Yeah. But I'm an, I'm good enough in all of those areas to feel confident in as a like personally, yeah, which is cool. But I want more for him. Well, and I think the cool thing about what you just said is that those are practical examples of you know the so-called deficiencies. Yeah. But we all know that it even goes deeper than that. You know, for yeah, for so sure. many of them, like that. Yes a lot of them are better at practical things. But I guess for us, we're recognising and setting up a world in which he can actually grow. You know, let's say one of the guys is really um, strong in empathy or one mm-hmm, of the guys mm-hmm. is really strong in some other wonderful characteristic. Yeah. So so the depth as to which he is receiving from, Yeah. Um, it's, it's almost... Endless, you know. It's, it's, well, I, it's really Isaac cool. Hunter, who was there on the night, he he taught. He's a trained engineer. He taught himself how to program computer program at the age of fourteen. <laughs> so, I just think there's going to come a moment where Ryder goes, "Oh, I might catch up with Isaac to ask him to teach me." Cool. Yeah. How he taught himself, like that's a disciple making a disciple. Yes. So that I can have another um, arrow in my quiver for my future. Yeah, it's because, amazing. Because the way he's going, the way the world is going, what a great strength that is. Yeah. And so again, that's a practical example. But you're right. Like in terms of characteristics or traits that people have, you want to create an environment where Ryder could be at church or be anywhere, mm. text ring, whatever, Discord someone, and just say, "Yo, hey Mike, I wanted to ask you about car tire pressure, PSI. <laughs> you know, can you tell me about an oil? Actually, change? a key piece of information, Crucial. PSI, knowing it's important. Totally. And so I think all of those things are, are, oh, we set up like ice fishing. So Mike and Chris, you know, they just like love fishing and ice fishing. <laughs> so then again, practical, but those those next those next steps. So I think, yeah, setting up a community of men. Yeah. So there were, there's probably three groups of men who are involved. Okay. One is a, one is a man who was asked to pray, mm-hmm. encourage and edify, mm-hmm. who wasn't there on the night. Okay. Because there's a, there's a, there's a broad group. That's right. You yeah. know, like I reckon there might be 20 to 30 men who will be involved in, in the in the journey. Yeah, and there were, there were like six or seven there, but a there bunch were, of others wrote in letters. Yeah, there were eight of us there, including yeah. Ryder. So I don't want to have a night like that with 30 men. It's untenable. That's a men's event. That's not what I want. Yeah. You want like half a dozen people who are closest to him yeah. to be around, I think, like at an intimate level. Then a, a wider group outside of that who that he knows, and he knows their names, so he knows that people who weren't there are involved. Well, it's even amazing to me that he now has, like, a connection. I mean, he was even talking about the letter the other night to Josh High, yeah. who he's only met a handful of times. Yeah. But, you know, Ryder walks into the kitchen, he's like, man, I just reread Josh Josh High's letter. Yeah. It's so amazing. Yeah. You know, and so now he's got this man who he knows lives in Toronto and is all for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I break down of the night. We started off, we just relaxed board games. There were eight of us. Yeah. Two teams. My team won. We beat Ryder. I think that's a part of manhood. That was his first lesson. How to take a loss from the old man. Um, but he's used to that from Catan. Um, so, yeah, that was the first thing. And then then food. Oh, but during the night, I was reading the letters. Cool. So the people who wrote letters that weren't there, Quentin, Gowan, your dad, your brother. Yeah. Uh, your brother, Joe. Your brother, Quentin, brother, Joe. Um just Jeff, Tomanga, Ellen, Sam, Smith, Josh High. So there's a bunch of letters that I read throughout the night before the guys who were there or before I read your letter. 
And those letters were so good, eh? That <laughs> I can, I'm yeah. so proud. Like the fact that all of those men just wrote the bit, yeah. They were really powerful. Seriously. Like just, and, and letters purely based on encouraging him. Her um, lessons of being a man. Yeah. Hey, you're going to do great. If I could say one thing, this is what I would say. And what I did notice is that all of those people who were asked to write a letter loved it. They yeah, loved they writing a letter so to. Like and, yeah. and, and all the, of the men involved on the night just absolutely fizzing. Wasn't a chore for anybody. They loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Board games, then letter reading. And then from there, we went straight into the car tire change. Yeah. Then out of that, we cooked food. Uh, from the food, we did an hour of haka training. Yeah. Snowmobile riding. Then prayer, prophecy, um, and worship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then... Um, then we did a haka for him, to him. Mm-hmm. So epic. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, oh, and you presented him with the... Presented him with the timber for the taiaha that he will carve. Yeah. And read all, read all the letters of the men that were in the room. Nice. Yeah, so, um, so everyone got to read aloud their letter to him. And then they gave that to him physically, so he still has those. Yeah. He was presented with a Bible, a brand new, like a moleskin, not really nice moleskin, nice brand new Bible. We put letters in that moleskin as well, and a letter in his Bible too. Yeah, he also got a copy of the journal that you and I wrote when he was born. Yes. Of his of his like um, months long journey of being in the ICU. Yeah. And the timber for the tyre, um, as well as tools, a planer, like a rasp, yeah, um, a, a chisel and a mallet to start carving that. Yeah. Cool. And even um, there are so many other things that people could do in terms of practical, uh, you know, work-ons. You know, obviously not everybody's going to get timber for a tyre. Yeah. But I, I think even just getting anything for a young man to create. Yeah, totally. You know, to, to get wood, metal, whatever it might be, that is just symbolic of I'm stepping into yeah. the journey. So there are lots of, you know, ideas that I'm sure people could come up with. Yeah, yeah. If he wasn't if he wasn't indigenous yeah. writer, if he had no Maori heritage, so there was no need to buy buy him timber for a taiha, mm. I would have locked heads with you. Yeah. And figured out, okay, what's a symbolic thing? So it might be like it might have been like a really nice, um, brand new um, acoustic guitar. Yeah. Nice strings, good strap, good case. Cool. You know, or um, something that's in line with his his gift mix. Yeah. Like, uh, really loves Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So it might have been a full brand new set um, of the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Or, you know, for his fantasy kind of um, imagination and creativity. It might, yeah. You know, it, it might have been, um, you know, like an artillery case of, Warhammer 40k figurines <laughs> yeah cool you know whatever you know but I think yeah. we would have I'm just thinking off the fly totally here. and I think like I've even got because I did like the idea that he's creating something yeah so then even if you know if you're not indigenous I mean even things as simple as you know getting a chunk of wood that you have to carve out a stool or yeah, you know yeah, like yeah. like a footstool or something practical where it's just yeah. that's yeah. that's your step in and you're yeah. going to you're going to carve it you're going to create it you're going to spend the year lovingly creating something because you can you know yes. if Ryder was heavily into sport yeah he's reasonably into sport mm-hmm. but if he's heavily into sport i would have bought him tickets to a raptors game yeah awesome. and airbnb and like a really cool night away Cool. 
like with me in Toronto going to the game. Yeah. As like a thing. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Or celebration. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like something like that. So I think you just have to cater to his his gift, like what he's interested in, where he's from, who he is. Cool. So I think on that note, we threaded an interest and identity. Yeah. And practical skills. Interest, identity, and practical skills, yeah. as well as that support from the men around him, that feeling of community. Yeah. Um, amazing. Well, this has been a great podcast, stepping into the podcast realm. Oh, yeah. Stepping back, um, really just covering off, I guess, uh, fatherhood. Yeah. A bit of fatherhood. Yeah. Um, uh, dads fathering sons. Yeah. Um, we have, didn't really get to touch on anything with the girls, but I feel like this was a really cool start. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, and also even just um, the the celebration of of manhood. Yeah, which I think is important as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cool start to our podcast. Oh yeah, I loved it. Getting ready for many more. Yeah, thanks for having me on board. <laughs> I wonder what our next one should be. Do I get a feature? Do you feel like you featured? Well, it's like you know the Mirror Church podcast featuring Levi. You know? <laughs> Like I'm a solo artist, you know, like a member of the Wu-Tang, you know. It just naturally went that way because you ran the night, so I'm just looking to hear about it. Um, what do you think the next one should be? Oh, man. Um, I guess we need to start talking, doing doing new... Because we looked at the old Life Chats podcast and I think we had started doing them in 2018. And I'm like, I didn't even want to go back and listen to them. I don't want to know what we said. Grown so much, eh? <laughs> Um, we talk about marriage. Yep. I think parenting still also has got some more. There's some more gold there. There's some, hey? more, there's some more juice there. Parenting, and then I guess we'll do a few, um, a few chats around like I don't know stuff that's actually going on in the world at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. Would be cool. Maybe invite some special guests. A little social commentary. Yeah, bit of social commentary. Yeah. Well, um, thanks everybody for tuning in to Life Chats with Levi Nadia. And um, we are going to put in a lot more effort in making sure that we release that one of these at least every year. Ah, <laughs> yes. But we'll try and do it more often. Uh, much love. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Oh, yeah. See you guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed the podcast today, everybody. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to the share. YouTube channel you got to share what is it like subscribe and share yeah you want to um, help us with algorithms I think is the whole thing <laughs> is that what it usually is right like <laughs> like like subscribe comment down below comment down below comment down below click That's this it. button and make sure you subscribe click this. this button in the top right corner it will lead you to another one of my videos yeah. it's completely useless for your information well we there you, you go to receive notifications you heard it from our children make sure you uh subscribe it'll be great we hope this has helped you much love from levi and Aya. stay safe then.